0: One, two, three, four. Welcome to Cast of Creators. We're your hosts. I'm Nelson Thal.
1: And I'm Casey Stewart. We've spent our careers in media and publishing, and now we're setting the stage for creative people who inspire us to share their stories.
0: Cast of Creators is presented by our new social browser called Hover.
1: Hover makes browsing fun. You can follow people and your favorite sites to discover and discuss the web, all in one
0: place download hover that's hvr in the app store or the play store and i will see you there today's guest is talia Zora, an artist and illustrator who creates live art during fashion weeks all over the world she has sketched celebrities like kendall jenner hayley bieber anna winter and mariah carey oh
1: she's worked with the biggest fashion brands like chanel fendi dior mac and made the Forbes 30 Under 30. Plus, she's also kind of a big deal in the world of NFTs.
0: Let's go, Talia, Welcome to Cast of Creators. Thank so you so much for coming. Here.
1: Thank you. So glad to be here. I'm so excited. It's finally happening. I've been <laughs> scrolling your Instagram and looking at your art, and I'm impressed. Aww,
0: oh thank my you gosh! So much. <laughs> There's a ton to be impressed about because you've worked and sketched, uh, Gigi and Bella Hadid, Kendall Jenner. Haley Bieber, Mariah Carey, Pharrell Williams, Anna Wintour, Naomi Campbell, and the (laughs) list goes on and on from there. You've worked with Fendi, with Fogue, Dior. Unbelievable.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, incredible. Thank you.
0: When Talia introduced me, uh,
1: your wife, Talia, and my wife, Talia, Talia, sorry.
0: (laughs) When my wife, Talia, introduced me to you, um, she sort of rambled off uh, some of that. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. Like, I'm so excited to meet Talia. And we were wandering around Paris. Funny enough, looking for e- each oh, other. Yes, and that was a lot of fun, and um, it's been really wonderful. Yeah, um, it really Being together amazing. since it was and so
2: fun to see you in Paris, and ever since, right? <laughs>
0: totally. And now, um, you know, my daughter, and and we're <laughs> excited to uh to get together later on, you to see her how she's walking and going, and so yeah. it's been really just wonderful friendship. Um, so thank you for coming.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So
0: where did it all start? How did you know? When did you know you loved art and drawing?
2: Um, So I always loved art and drawing. Uh, it was just a hobby for me. So I always remember myself drawing in class, on the tables, getting punished for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Just loved drawing, but I didn't excel at it or anything like that. I was good at it, but Nothing that was, I didn't even know art could be a career, was just a passion of mine and something I really loved doing. And as far as career, I just thought that when it comes to career, okay, what I could do, I could be a fashion designer. Uh, So that's where where I was aiming. And I started, um, we were just talking about it a minute ago, but when I was 12, I was looking for somewhere to learn how to sew. It was very hard to find. I'm from uh, Tel Aviv, um, near Tel Aviv. And there weren't really places that would even teach that to 12 years years old kids. And I was just a really, I guess, passion-driven kind of kid that really wanted to do things uh, and be in the fashion industry. And I had this dream to become a fashion designer to be inv- invited to sit at front rows and fashion shows. And that's how it all started from that dream, right? But I didn't have, at the time, of course not, the capital or the connections. I come from a very simple family in Israel. Uh, and my parents were like, okay, whatever, like do whatever you want. They didn't really <laughs> interfere, but um, they didn't say no. So that's a good thing. And they were like, go with it. Uh, yeah. They didn't they didn't really push me also to anything. So. It was really good to have those two aspects of me just thinking as a kid, okay, what I can do. And then I heard of this thing, and that's where it comes to where we were talking about uh, called a blog in 2012. Uh, And then I was like, okay, I'll open a fashion blog and share my sketches as a way to show the things I want to design as a designer because I wasn't there yet with the sewing. I was really struggling with it, actually trying to learn in all kinds of different places and learning and sewing, but not really enjoying the process fully. Yeah. And then I remember just, yeah, so um, I just started sharing my artwork. Nothing really happened for the first year. I did a lot of cold reach out, but, you know, I was just a 15 year old girl <laughs> sharing her art online in a blog that basically a few friends and a dog that I don't have were reading. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so that's how it all started. And then a year later, I hear that Tel Aviv Fashion Week is happening. So I was already, I wasn't on the bridge, on the like, the verge of like, stopping to do it. No, because I was enjoying it. But it was just a side thing I did um, when I was still in school and trying to you know, learn all kinds of skills because I was just still thinking that fashion design is my path. Not even aware that the illustrations that I'm sharing could become my career. Too bad I don't have one to show you right now. <laughs> it was very basic for the I beginning. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's how it started. Then I heard about the fashion week and started searching. How do I get to this first fashion week? Maybe there I can attend and, you know, attend one of the fashion shows and actually make one of my dreams out of the two come true yeah which will be well the dream was to sit at the Dior show and a Chanel show but (laughs) at the time that's where I thought to start of course Um, (laughs) so I of course uh, decided uh, after like you know messaging some people probably creeping them out, <laughs> on Facebook and asking them like where is this happening yeah um so I got to the fashion show area and at the time it was like 2013 and there were no uh, people really going to fashion shows it wasn't the thing I feel like yeah. fashion week became bigger afterwards it was like it went down like it came up and went down kind of it was like a there was a time that it was very hyped Mm -hmm. i feel in the last few years maybe before covid Mm -hmm. that it all of a sudden became so popular so half of the place was empty especially in israel right Um, right this is not new york fashion week or something like that and i literally uh Asked the guard, Do you have space for me? And he said, Yes. And that's how I got to my first fashion show. Just Amazing. because, yeah, because I came he- there and knocked on the door. And I wasn't sketching live. I was sketching after the shows in the beginning because I didn't have even the confidence to think about sketching live yeah. in a show. And then when I was doing that, um, I started meeting people um, in the fashion industry. I mean, you you would know going to a show, all the people that are in the Local scene, atten- yeah, yeah. That's where you meet them. Yeah, that's how I met everyone. Right, exactly. Even unintentionally, right? Yeah. And then I was there for the fashion week and attended some shows, so that was really fun. And started to continue sharing and made some connections, also with PR, uh, like a good blogger, right?
1: Yeah, I guess yeah, that's how it
2: starts. You got to make those right. PR connections. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think that was my first fashion week. And then I finished high school afterwards. It was my last year in high school. Um, and I decided because uh, bef- I decided to go to Canada to study fashion uh, for a year because I was Canadian. Yeah. And I figured, OK, that would be a great opportunity for me um, to go for the year and study fashion, maybe go to New York for a bit. So I went there to Canada. I started studying fashion design at George Brown College. and. Also with Danielle, what we yeah. were talking about. So Danielle, what I also took a course, uh, a fashion illustration workshop with Danielle, met her, yeah. uh, which she's an amazing an illustrator. I love her. And I remember she, I, I met her actually, I think when I was still in high school and I came yeah. to Toronto in the summer. And still then it didn't really click for me that fashion illustrator, a fashion illustrator or an illustrator or an artist could be a career. But when I went to college in the fashion illustration um, class, that's when it really clicked for me. Okay, this fashion plus art, that could be a career. And why am I struggling all this, these years to sew something for six months, which um, I didn't really enjoy the process. It's so hard it's and I so really hard, appreciate yeah. designers. Yeah. Um, but I just enjoyed more the process of creating the art. Um, and then I, I was thinking... Okay, so this like fashion plus art, that's what I like Uh, when I took that college course and also attended Toronto Fashion Week for the first time. And I had already a press pass and I attended New York Fashion Week and got invited to a few shows, just like a few basic shows and a few. uh, I was invited to the Tommy Hilfiger show uh, from PRs that I met uh, prior to that. So that was really cool and diesel and stuff like that. So I was already starting to attend shows and also in Toronto and then started to kind of play with my sketchbook sketching live for myself without the guts to show anyone because <laughs> i was still very scared
0: there yeah. at the show What's you mean you started to bring your sketchbook yeah, to the show
2: exactly and
0: sketch yeah. as it just in the audience.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's
0: cool. Yeah, so okay. I
2: was sketching but I didn't show anyone in the beginning the sketches. I would just post them afterwards. On your and blog? maybe work about a bit about on them more, yeah, in um in my blog like before I post them to my blog and then post them to my blog It was even prior to Instagram days yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah. Like I was posting on Instagram but it was just so new, it wasn't the thing then was a blogger, not yeah. Instagram. <laughs> Tell me about it. Right. Right? <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> And then, uh, also, then in that iconic Toronto Fashion Week, I met Talia uh, in 2014. So that's when we first met. Okay. And then, um, after that, I went. Okay, I'm trying to remember because of my ADD. Uh, (laughs) That's okay. after that, you know, I was sketching for myself, attending different shows, studying fashion design and realizing that I want to go uh, to study fashion illustration. And in that Toronto Fashion Week, I also met um, a travel blogger here from Toronto that uh, I don't remember her name, but she had like over a million followers. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. And at the
2: time, in I 2000... feel like
1: if we'll talk after, it's got to be someone I know. Yeah,
2: <laughs> probably, probably. Um, uh, oh. It was in 2014 okay. and then she told me, you know, this is my full-time job and you should totally post on Instagram. You should post your sketches on Instagram because there is something happening there. A lot of people are coming into Instagram and I'm a, an early adopter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think in my nature, even when we continue the discussion with the other things that I did later, I love just taking new things and trying them and you know, it might work sometimes and it might not work sometimes, but With Instagram, it worked. Um, So of course, um, when I had my blog, I did a lot, probably over a thousand cold email reach outs and didn't hear back from people in my beginning. So there was so much like so many no's that I was getting. And, you know, when I feel like You open a door, uh, you open a window, you know. How do you say not something? When one door closes, one window window opens. (laughs) Something? Or or when when the doors are closed, you open a window. Yeah, 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 right? Okay. (laughs) So that's what I did. If it was from attending the Fashion Week live, or afterwards, instead of trying to get into an agency, it was from just sharing my sketches on Instagram and unintentionally, you know, when I was sharing, not only I was starting to gain an audience by just going and doing something interesting, like sketching live. Yeah, that's um, so cool. In Fashion Week, or even it was, um, on the other hand, from different companies sharing my art. So what happened in these magical Instagram days, as I call them, it was before it was overcrowded, really. And it yeah. was just when I think companies were starting to get onto Instagram so when Donatella Versace opened her Instagram, I automatically just sketched her, and she reposted it. What? And then all of a sudden, I see all of these followers coming. At the time, so it was like all over the world. Okay, some someone so influential is opening an Instagram, and we're gonna cover it. It's like it yeah, was yeah, yeah. News item. Uh, same for brands like Valentino and Moschino and and stuff like that. That I they just posted um one of their looks for the season and I decided to sketch them. And then next thing I know, they share me on their Instagram to their already millions of followers. Amazing. Uh, I think today they have already tens of millions of thousands uh, of followers. Yeah. So that's really how it started. And I started to gain an audience. So it wasn't from one post, obviously that it was okay. Valentino shared my art. I can just, you know, um, Relax. But that's how it's one thing after another thing and building it out, building it up. But it's about building it. I feel that's and what, being consistent and being consistent. Right. So by the time. So then that's what started to happen. But then I started to get commissions. And then my first commission came uh to MAC Cosmetics, my big commission. And then I was like, OK, um, this is a business. Yeah, <laughs> I got actually even though I was aiming there, but this was a big enough, you know, order that I was like, okay, I'm opening my business. This is a serious order from a serious company. How cool, like after so many no's as well. It's amazing. Thank you. And this was just the beginning, right? Because it's not that I did one job for MAC Cosmetics and then the rest. It's not that I can just rest and do anything as an artist. I always need to reinvent myself. Mm -hmm. And the same with everything else. I feel like It's one project that builds onto another and it's not one thing that you get discovered and that's it. It's just building your portfolio slowly but surely. And then afterwards, you see everything you've done and you're like, wow, what did I do? Right. (laughs) Because even then, when we met a few years ago, I was in a completely different place than where I am today. So that's really what excites me of what is the next step and thinking about what is the next thing I'm going to do and how I can innovate and how I can do something different um to what I did before and also follow still follow my passion which also changes in the way of my interests yeah. and what I'm sketching what interests me to sketch. So yeah, so that's how really I think it started and then of course when when the commission when when the shares on Instagram came and I shared my art and then commissions started to come. Of course, also the press started to come and I was featured on Vogue and uh, what else? I'm trying to remember. Uh, a lot, but yeah. basically. <laughs>
1: yeah. A lot. All the big names yeah, in but, media. But
2: Vogue was the one that, L, Vogue, whatever, yeah. I, I was most excited about. Or even there were some, you know, I always love to say that it's not only about online, it's also about in real life situations. Mm-hmm. And it's not always how you think it's going to be. And parallel to that, I started to be invited to different fashion shows where mega celebrities would be at. And then I remember um, one of the first celebrities I met was Gigi Hadid. And I was like, okay, when and she wasn't as big as she was today. But I was like, when is this opportunity going to return? I need to take advantage of this moment and sketch her and give her that sketch. And then it's seeing that it's not that scary. And she was actually quite nice when I met her. And then it's continuing to the other person. And since then, like you said, um, one of the a few of the highlights that I've had were really Mariah Carey and Celine Dion, which for me were like yeah. so iconic and exciting. Yeah, so iconic. Yeah. And Victoria Beckham and Naomi Campbell, which also I mean, These are icons that I grew up on, so it was so crazy to be able to meet them, or Kendall Jenner, or Hailey Bieber, and things like that. And the funny thing also about Hailey Bieber, I met her before she was Hailey Bieber, way Mm -hmm. before she was dating Justin. So I was supposed to sketch another model that was famous at the time, but she wasn't nice. So (laughs) I decided to sketch Hailey, because she also had a really cool outfit, and hey, look, how it turns out. and. I think that with that happening and with all the other things, I managed to brand myself on social media and stand out as the artist that sketches celebrities and work with X brands and Mm -hmm. been featured on on these magazines, but also had a distinct style of my own. If it's in my fast sketching that also developed because every time I sketch live, it's not only confronting a fear and facing a challenge that I have. But yeah. it's also getting my skills refined every time and facing this challenge of how can I sketch uh, this person or this situation.
0: Right. In the moment, too. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, you're really riffing.
1: Yeah. So um, I love it. I bet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like when you're, um, you know, uh, when you're at doing sketching something like, Are you mostly with like what mediums are you working with? Usually like a sketchbook and a paintbrush or do you use an iPad Pro? What is your method? Yeah.
2: So uh, interestingly enough, even though a lot of illustrators sketch these days with iPads and I still I of course I sketch with an iPad in the fashion shows, I love sketching with watercolor and paper. Because yeah. something about it feels even more challenging. Mm-hmm. There yeah. are no ways to erase. You, you can't to, hide. it. Yeah, you just need to do it and be bold with your line and just gain your confidence like that. Even if you make a mistake, you need to alter and get out of it in a mm-hmm. way. So I really like that. And since then, I also I've sketched with, of course, um canvas live and, and acrylic and oh. also um, with an iPad, but when I'm just traveling in fashion weeks, mostly I sketch with, um, paper and, uh, watercolor. And sometimes when I run out of paper, I move to the iPad recently. Yeah. <laughs> um, Recently, I met someone that I'm really inspired by. His name is, I don't know if you know him. His name is Nas Daly. Okay. Oh, He's, yes. Oh, yeah. my God. Totally. I follow him. And, yeah. and I was at a tech conference. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he passes by. And I'm like, oh, my God, I oh, have yeah, to Nas, sketch him. Yeah. And I didn't have my watercoloring paper. So this, I think it was my first person that I sketched live not planned like that <laughs> like not in an event that i'm sitting mm-hmm. yeah just like super quick with an ipad um like a, a celebrity in a way but yeah. like internet celebrity just so cool yeah yeah um so yeah so you never know and i i just like it for the sake of the the art also and i enjoy it a lot so and also i enjoy meeting inspiring people doing that so with all those things happening um there were some other stories that I think it would be cool to to dive into uh, just a bit, like the time I sketched Anna Winter, that wow. I was so sca- scared to approach her and give her a sketch. I mean, not by coincidence, she has you know the movie Devil Wears Prada. about
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Exactly. I know about it. Yeah, no, no, no. so I remember. you're going
0: up there kind of nervous just oh, to see what the heck she's going to say. I wasn't. My friend
2: pushed me on. Her yeah, back. <laughs> so I didn't have a way back. But you know, but I'm so happy she did, and I'm so grateful that she was there to just push me. But what did she say? Um, she Anything? was so nice. Oh, okay, you know, and that's, that's actually one of my nicest surprises because. Um, She was so nice and kind and she was like a, a grandmother. She was just <laughs> so cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, very kind and sweet. And yeah, and then there were, uh, I'm thinking what else? There was another story and that's a story I really love that I was sketching to anonymous. A lot of the times I just sketch people that are anonymous just for the fun of it because I like their outfit because I think they're cool. And I sketch these two um models in the backstage of an, the Antonio Maas fashion show in Milan and um, I remember just giving them the sketch and then they left and then the next day I see all these followers on Instagram I'm like what happened apparently they were walking with their sketches the New York Times photographers saw them took the, loved the art took a photo of them holding the art they told him to tag me because they had my tag and everything yeah and then they wrote a whole story Talia Zorif sketched these two models and posted it on the New York Times page. Oh, my God. oh Wow, yeah. amazing. Yeah, and that's all, you know, not from connections. Yes, some things that happened um, in a very coherent, like, um, lucky way, but it yeah. wouldn't have happened if
1: I didn't give them the sketch. and. Yeah went there. You make it happen.
0: It's like you make your own good luck. Yeah, it's like Like my mom always says
1: preparation meets opportunity. You know, it's like you were there, you were ready to sketch, you put yourself out there, you sketched them, you gave it to them, and then opportunity came a knocking and knocking it with New York Times. <laughs> exactly. Because you never know who the person
2: will meet. You never yeah. know. F- like, even if they're not the most famous person or most uh, connected or whatever person in the mm. room, you really never know. So it always pays off to be nice and follow your passions and sketch yeah. and share your art. And another thing that I say is just to share your art and share what you do, because otherwise no one will be able to enjoy it and see it. So you never know. I didn't know where I would end up in a way. I had my goal of sitting at a fashion show, but so much more happened. Right. Um, so, yeah. So that's really how it started. Uh, reg- uh, that's what happened like regarding those two opportunities or another opportunity that I seeked online, which is always good. Also, upon all the cold mails that didn't work yeah. called email, cold email, sorry, that didn't work. There was one really amazing one that did work that I wrote to Fendi hey, I would love to come sketch at your show. And then the craziest thing um, that I got the answer, hi, we would love to have you attend the show. And that's all I planned, yeah? Uh, would <laughs> right. X thousand euros be okay? <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah, yeah, I would love to come and do that. And then I realized my biggest dream is coming true of sketching at fashion shows and getting paid for it at the time. That was really my dream, Um and and it happened because of that cold reach out, Amazing. in a way. Did they give you an outfit? Um, sadly, <laughs> no. But, you know, I did get some, a lot of other cool yeah, things exactly. that I will definitely show you yeah, later. Yeah, so. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, but I think it's even cooler just to get paid for Oh, my it, God. Right? Totally.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, that's the coolest thing, especially, you know, starting from humble beginnings with your blog and then getting there. That's like exactly. the ultimate, you know... Right, Sherry. (laughs) Exactly. And I
2: think it's all about this kind of um, adventure that I went on and I didn't know how it's going to end. Just putting out my putting putting myself out there, going to shows, sketching live or even another time that I sketched this woman live just because I like her bag. And then she told me she's the marketing manager for me, Sony. And then I got invited to the show to sketch. And started also working with them. And since then, we have this long term relationship. And it's all because of one sketch that I shared my art with a person that I didn't know was a right person. But I say go to events and meet like go to the places that you think the people you would want to meet, like that they're there. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Like you can't expect the dominoes to fall if you're not yeah. f- Flicking that first one, yeah, like they they won't fall for you.
2: Exactly, yeah. exactly.
0: So, so going back to the Anna Winter sketch, yeah. So you walk up to her <laughs> and yeah. and you say, "I would love to sketch you," mm-hmm. and then she then basically. Poses and you back up and oh, you Oh, no, skating. no. Like, what,
1: what or did happens? you sketch her and so then you gave it to her? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I thought. To her. That's what I thought too. Like, oh, you okay. sketch someone and then you give them the so, sketch.
2: So I had a ser- serious two misses when I actually approached two celebrities, really big ones, because I didn't know they would be there. It was very random. And then they told me, no, I don't have time for you to sketch me because it's very hard to get them standing in one place. Right. That's what Um, I was thinking. Yeah. So I just do it like a few minutes before, like with Celine Dion or with Anna Winter or whoever. I sketch them for like a few minutes before and only then I approach them with the ready final sketch.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, That's the way to do it.
2: Yeah. Unless they're sitting in glam and getting their makeup done at a show, that's what happened with, Kendall Jenner or Gigi and Bella Hadid, for example. Mm-hmm. So that was a different story that they're sitting. Where would they go? They're doing their makeup. That's why right. I love backstage so much also, because mm-hmm. it gives me the time to do it. And uh, if not, like I, I need to act really quickly or even sometimes run downstairs and like run while I'm sketching to get <laughs> to them on time before they leave. Um, but a few misses that I had, When I actually didn't know a celebrity, so what happened? I didn't know a celebrity would be there. So, what happened in the Chanel Gabrielle uh, launch in uh, 2017 um, was that I was walking in the launch. It was like a party. I didn't recognize this woman in front of me uh, with blonde short hair. And then I realized wait, she's familiar. And I'm thinking, who is that woman? Like, she looks so familiar. And apparently it was Katy Perry and she changed her hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she had like this long black hair and then she changed it to like the short. Blonde. Stop, and yeah. I didn't recognize it because it was so new. And then I came up to her and I was like, hi, Katie. Cause she was already about to leave by the time I noticed, Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, can I sketch you? And obviously she didn't have time. Mm -hmm. Or another time that I saw. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. yeah, right. Uh, (laughs) um, But I think it's because of also like just for them standing in one place. So many people come to them, get a selfie. They can't stand in one place. Yeah.
1: You got to get them before they're on the run. (laughs) Right, exactly. So
0: these are drawings that take you five minutes or less? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So this sort of, I would say that you have. A bit of a signature style, would it? Is that fair? Um, Although it's evolved.
2: Yeah, I would um, say it just different types, but eventually it is the same. I would say style. Sometimes I invest more time. Sometimes I invest less time.
0: And you seem to um like you you capture people very well, very quickly, oh, thank which you. is unbelievable. So when you look at a person you can pretty well pick up on like the essence of that person and interpret that like instantly yeah, yeah. which is remarkable because Thank you. most of the time you know somebody has to be pretty methodical about their ability to capture sort of someone's character through an image right right but you just uh just <laughs> go D- did you was that something that you recognized in yourself early or has hmm. it sort of come out over time through your work? Interesting
2: question and I love it because I feel that in a way, I kind of always in the beginning of my career, when I was younger, I tried to be realistic and tried to like follow this path of sketching a person the way they look. And then at a certain point, I realized that that's not where I shine and that's not my style. I capture people through my intuition with their color, with their aura. And this is something that I can't explain. Right. It's just a feeling. And I work in a very intuitive process.
0: That's the most beautiful and moving part of your work is that, you you know, by looking at any of your work Mm -hmm. that that's happening yeah. But it's intangible. It's an intangible thing. Like nobody else would be able to sketch that person like you. Right. It's impossible. Hopefully. Yeah, it's yeah. impossible. <laughs> now. It's impossible because yeah. you're emotionally interpreting them right. in a completely unique way. Yeah. And um and their personality comes out in lines and in decisions that you make that are so different from the way another brain would ever, you know, draw, which is incredible.
2: Right. Thank you so much. Um, So, yeah, I think that's the beauty of it is just I follow this flow intuitive process and just that's how I get eventually to where I want to get with the sketch. I don't even think about it too much. And that's the beauty of also not having too much time or Mm -hmm. ways to correct you, you just yeah, you, don't, you, an, like
0: yeah. you you can't like analysis paralysis. You don't have the luxury for right. analysis paralysis. Right,
2: exactly. So I I actually love approaching sketches from that way. It's really really fun for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, have you ever gone up to somebody with a sketch, handed them it to them, and them like? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Oh, that's. <laughs> um, well, I'll rephrase that for people who are just listening because I just made a face. Yeah. <laughs> Has anybody ever been handed a sketch by you and were like, oh, I do not like this?
2: Yes. Um. Well, sadly, there'll always be rude people. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's just about, yeah, it's so much deeper. I mean, and I did, none of the celebrities, by the way, were rude. They were always super nice. Oh, that's right. good. And the people that were rude, you know, it's theirs to deal with. And I yeah, think that's that it's exactly. not about me. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's how I feel. Um, yeah. Something so, within them that they can't handle. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and sometimes people, I feel like there's people that don't, they can't perceive themselves. Mm-hmm. That they don't feel comfortable with themselves. So they don't feel comfortable with a sketch of themselves. Right. So you need to also be, I think, connected to yourself to really feel a sketch or you just don't connect and it's fine. And you can also just be polite and say thank you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it definitely is a great way for me personally to just face always again and again this fear of rejection that I have. And I think always to jump and do things that you're scared of and just jump in the water and if you're scared of approaching a person, then do it. Because that's the only way that we grow.
0: Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you end up doing that thousands of times. Yeah. You go through that process. Exactly,
2: exactly. And even with other ones, I think the other day, <laughs> I had this really funny situation at a cafe that I heard these two people talking about, like, you know, not intentionally. But then I just heard it. And then when <laughs> once you hear this person you know, works at some place that might help you. You're like, OK, should I approach them or <laughs> would that be weird? So then I was just thinking to myself, you know what? Do it because I'm scared of it. Like, yeah, I, like, mm-hmm. so I should do it. So this person in the end I heard wrong. It was very embarrassing. But I was like, <laughs> and I'm so happy that I did approach because think if I wouldn't have approached, I would have been wondering, like, yeah. what if this person could have helped me get mm-hmm. X, Y mm-hmm. or Z? Right? Totally.
0: Sounds like a Little bit of a, I couldn't help it over here. Yeah. Type <laughs> preface. You had to exactly, preface one of those. Right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> couldn't yeah. help it over here. Exactly. Yeah. And, oh and God, that itself that is so awkward sometimes. Yeah. Totally. But I mean, I just love the fact that I just did it, and I faced that fear, even if it was there. For sure. You know, yeah. I guess
0: it is the fear of somebody turning and being like, "That was a private conversation." Yeah, you know? <laughs> you're
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> like, "Sorry, I you this. <laughs> have it somewhere private." Then, yeah, well, that that'd yeah. be the nice over the like, top. I have yeah, a, yeah. I have a friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's been on the podcast, Jen Kirsch, but I think she used to have in her bio don't break up around me or don't break up in a public place near me or else I'll write about it. (laughs) She writes about relationships and she did that once. (laughs) I remember following on Twitter and she's like, oh my God, I'm at a cafe. These people are breaking up. And she documented the whole thing on Twitter while it was happening. And I followed along like it was Young and the Restless. It was (laughs) great, you know? But it was a public place, you know?
2: So (laughs) Don't um, break up in a public place. Yeah, you know?
0: know? (laughs) No, I know. It's the best and worst place. Yeah,
2: Yeah. (laughs) I think Um, it's also funny because I don't realize sometimes how much people know me and some a lot like in my profession, I'm not a celebrity you come take pictures with. So I could be talking about something or sitting in in a cafe for two hours or even I had this time that I sat in a flight for three hours. And only then the woman sitting next to me told me she was following me on Instagram. Oh. So like,
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh,
2: or even cute. now in Toronto Pearson Airport, the weirdest thing happened to me that I came to um, you know, the passports like just in the beginning in the security. And then this woman is like, Oh, what an honor. You don't need passport identification. <laughs> and I'm like, Why? You're Talia Zorn.
0: <laughs> wow, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
2: So, wow. yeah, that that's was crazy. funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Well, and then
1: we
2: took a selfie too. Yeah, right. So <laughs>
1: with, with, the, with the security. security. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny.
0: Have you ever had somebody come up to you that you don't know and is like, "Oh my gosh, Talia, draw me. Draw oh, me."
2: Yeah. Well, I get draw me like all the It's dog. like the thing that like people say um, yeah, it's like the draw me thing, right? Yeah, sing yeah. to me, draw me. And like, not for me, sing to me, right? but if I yeah, was but, a singer, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. So yeah, all the time. <laughs> I was like, um, are you not drawing me right now? <laughs> no, she's not. No, We could do that.
0: So um, I guess the watercolors dry quickly enough. You can crank out a watercolor painting and hand it to somebody. Yeah, exactly. Wow, I didn't realize that about watercolors. All yeah. Every watercolor I've attempted it seemed like <laughs> yeah. the opposite versus you're not doing water. it right yeah. too, much yeah, water. Exactly. too much water yeah no i'm doing something <laughs> wrong it's all running down
2: oh uh, well sometimes you could wait like a 10 minutes yeah like that but also sometimes like with oil painting for example i took an oil painting class not long ago and it's the opposite you can after 24 hours or 48 hours Still come and start blurring things because it doesn't dry. Yeah, and for me, it's the absolute opposite that excites me. Uh, but it was fun to experiment. So.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> cool. So the person sitting next to you on the plane, they wait the whole plane ride and then yeah. tell you what's with that. Well, it's exactly that. Like <laughs> yeah, people are nervous. People are scared. Yeah. So was so funny. Yeah. Better than you sitting down beside them and going, do you follow me?
1: You know? Oh, my God. You never (laughs) want to do that. I don't think I want to do that. (laughs) Well, I was doing some looking into some um, amazing things that you've done. One, Forbes 30 Under 30. Pretty incredible. Yeah, that deserves a (laughs) class. And um, I was reading an article that was Illustrator who took over the metaverse. Mm. So with your art, you've kind of taken a new avenue With moving into more digital. How did that happen?
2: Yeah, so, um, okay, so Forbes Under 30 was in 2019. And I was super grateful, you know, to get this opportunity uh, just to be a part of that list among, you know, such amazing, successful entrepreneurs and, and people like from all over the world. So that was super exciting for me. And then it made me realize, you know, because what is Forbes Under 30? More than just a list, but it's a list that is about people that do things that are extraordinary in their own field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel that this is something I feel I definitely accomplished. Yeah. So I was very happy and proud of it. But, you know, but it's just another cool thing you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, along the way. Um And since then, it's really I think the greatest thing that came out for me from Forbes Under 30 is just to meet. Other amazing people from Forbes uh, under thirty that did amazing things, and and it's just fun to connect and speak and just do things together. And even and the most special experience I had through them is um, going to the Women's Summit, the Thirty Fifty Summit in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, sure. uh, which was in March twenty twenty two. It was actually three years after I was on the list, and. It was all the 50 over 50 women with the 30 under 30 women. And the only men that were allowed to attend were plus ones. So (laughs) now maybe you could come with (laughs) Sally or Ariel. No, she she could be 30 under three or three under three. 30 30 under 30. 30 Um, So, yeah, so that was really cool because it was a really safe space because sometimes in conferences, it's not such a safe space, sadly, for women. Maybe mm. here in Canada is like I got to be in so many conferences around the world. That it wasn't quite. Um, so, yeah, so that was really amazing. And the most amazing thing about it was not only the venue and everything, but it was not that they closed the Louvre for us in Abu <laughs> Dhabi for the whole day. No, that wasn't. <laughs> or we <laughs> ate dinner in a castle. The most amazing thing was that it was women that were over 50 that did extraordinary things that started only after they were 50. Wow. And women that were under 30 that I'm used to meeting amazing women my age. But I think putting these women together, like the future generation and the generation that is already has done all these things like from, you know, there were women in their 70s and in their 60s and in their 50s. A, it shows that it's never too late. And B, something really amazing happened there that the older women were mentoring and being mentored mm-hmm. by the younger generation. Mm-hmm. So it was just super exciting to experience that and meet all the amazing women from all different ages. And I think that was a really amazing experience that I had. Um and regarding you were saying another things yeah, like, like getting thing? into the oh, nft space right, the metaverse right.
0: so yeah oh oh you know what Be, let's get into the metaverse and nfts mm-hmm. but before when you when you start with that talk about sort of the career trajectory of of an artist and your the, your, per, your perceived career tra- trajectory before nfts and blockchain and where your career was going, and then learning about blockchain and how that shifted things. Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, so my career trajectory—trajectory. Before, <laughs> before NFTs, I was as a digital artist able to sell my art, you know, as prints mm-hmm. that I still do, and I was able to sell commercial licenses um, to my art. So doing all kinds of different projects for brands. So those were the only ways I could sell my art. I couldn't sell it as a unique, uh, original piece of art as a digital format, mm-hmm. in digital format, right? Right. And then what when I saw NFTs, I got excited because all of a sudden, you know, and it's interesting because when I was also an artist before NFTs, um. I didn't have really the opportunity to present my art in galleries or Mm -hmm. in something that would be really considered a museum, maybe Mm. because I didn't have the right connections. That was the only, not about the right connections, but the right style, sorry, the right style, because I came to gallerists and people from the fine art world prior to NFT world, NFT world, sorry, and all that and the blockchain. And I told him, so what do you think? And then he said, well, it's nice. It's really nice. But you should change your style and do like what this artist is doing and what this artist is doing. And you should do this like pop art thing because... Your art won't go in a gallery. You need to do like the splashes like everyone else does or something like
1: that.
0: Right. Like the ones where they take like Einstein and put like a $10 yeah. bill there or a $100 which is bill great, there. And but the, it's just yeah, not my like, style. Yeah, no, exactly. Fancy kind
1: of old like, you
0: know, yeah. Yeah. kind
1: of. Right.
2: It's great. It's not my style though. Or modern, right? Which I do yeah. a dot and that's it, which is great. Right. But it's right. not my style. And I felt really lost with my style and how does it feel? fit sorry how does it fit in in uh in
0: that model basically that which model, is the analog art, art model right basically. exactly
2: of just a person liking a piece and purchasing it right um and then what happened was interesting because my first solo exhibit was in september no sorry in february 2020 2020 cool. just before covid cool. and i remember hosting my exhibit flying from my exhibit um straight to milan fashion week hearing in the morning 20 people with covid oh no by the night the city was like sealed it right. was crazy closed um there was like insane things being canceled and mm-hmm. then i remember going to paris the next day because anyway i was supposed to continue to paris fashion week and then when i was in paris fashion because I, w- I was like if the event i was supposed to sketch at for work is canceled, I'm coming back because I was quite scared. And in 2020 in February at the time. Right. Yeah, and of course. I remember coming back to lockdown from Paris uh, after being in Milan because I noticed how everyone was traveling from Milan to Paris. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, I'll follow you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then... Um, yeah. And then I was home and I had no desire to go anywhere, really just feeling scared like everyone else, yeah. basically. So in April 2021, I heard about NFTs and I heard about Beeple's sale mm-hmm. and I saw, wow, digital artwork sold for so much money and it's valued so nicely. That is so cool. I need to explore. I need to check it
0: out. For sure. Because before this, if you wanted to sell something digitally, know or buy it because they just copy it.
2: It was like, so it was like sending an image via WhatsApp for free. Why would you buy a digital copy? And by the way, the difference between that and between blockchain and having an NFT is that the image is transferred. So it's deleted from the sender and moves to the recipient. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's basically it just it, the block happens and this, the deal is made. Like money moves from one account to another. It's exactly. the same with the digital assets. So then. Uh, I saw it. I started to research like crazy for a few months. and I bet. She did and, a nice dive yeah.
0: into NFTs.
2: Exactly. So I dived. I watched a lot of videos and, and just learned online. And then I remember um, that I saw other artists starting to really succeed in the space. And I was like, wow, if they can do it, I can do it. It was not one artist from the news all of a sudden. It was a few. And I remember it was um, July uh August and I, I was like, okay, I have to do something now. And then I didn't even have a crypto wallet, so I just opened the crypto wallet with help of a friend. Yeah, Otherwise, I bet
0: because of pain.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is a pain, <laughs> right? So I, I would be so scared to do it on my own, not knowing anything about it, and just not being, I think, educated enough in that space. And then my friend helped me and sat with me, and I think it, sat, it changed everything for me because. The moment I opened a crypto wallet I had already, I I could just easily like like you post a product on Shopify, you can post an NFT. It's Mm -hmm. so easy once you break that barrier of the crypto wallet. And of course, you learn along the way. And it's really good to have as much information as possible, knowing what I know today, just like all the other things, just getting into the world of crypto, blockchain, NFTs, Web3 in general. I feel like, yes, you need to jump in, but it's good to learn as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always like to learn to what I'm going to learn what I'm going into. So um, I put my first NFT up on OpenSea in September, uh, the same day that my friend taught me how to Mm -hmm. do it and sat with me for like a few hours. And then I just posted on a Facebook group because no one around me literally knew what's an NFT, yeah. right? Um, so I posted on an NFT Facebook group at the time it has it had a thousand people in it. Uh, Hi, does anyone know? Like, I'm an artist. Does any, no, anyone know how I can market, you know, this NFT? And then I met my co-founder like that. Uh, I got a few responses. My co-founder and I um, just clicked And uh, when we spoke on Zoom and then we were like, let's do something together. And he told me about um, generative art. And that's the first time I heard about it, that you can actually create with the same traits, like an infinity amount of combinations. Mm -hmm. Like, so he said you can do how many NFTs you want and we can also have an interesting, unique purpose to it. Um, So he gave me some other projects. It was, again, really at the beginning. So there were just a few out there uh, that were doing really amazing work for social uh, purposes. And I got really excited about, you know, Educating women and also I, because he asked me if you would do something, what would you do? So I said, OK, I love empowering women through education uh, and, you know, help them follow their dreams and also onboarding, you know, other creatives and fashion designers to Web3, which was another thing that I said that just having it. There were no fashion NFTs then. Also. Yeah, not yet. So, wow. so okay. that was uh, another great thing. So it was about fashion. And also the art of the the generative projects wasn't advanced. So it was one of really, I think, the first generative projects that was really detailed artistically Mm -hmm. um, and like had an an artistic aspect to it um, with the generative art as well. So. Yeah, so we took my collection Eyes of Fashion that was exhibited in twenty twenty and turned it into Eyes of Fashion and worked very hard. I think I met you right before we launched it. Um and then it was crazy. It sold out right in like two in minutes. In two minutes. Yeah. And we were like, What is going Wait, on? How many
0: pieces? 8,888.
2: 8, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And which I'm still like, whoa, it, it, this whole time of my life felt a bit like a blur, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then since then we're, we're working in that. So I have in that you know, in that part of my life, I'm a co-founder of a tech company, because obviously now we're in a bear market as well. Mm-hmm. And we needed also to pivot the way we work. So we have our amazing collectors, of course. And we're just looking at other ways, you know, to to go towards Web3, the metaverse, and which is coming eventually, mm-hmm. and bring fashion to Web3. So if it's with AR fashion that we created. If it's with a digital fashion that we created, and we had, for example, we had a digital fashion dress, which is a dress that you can wear in a metaverse, and we had a metaverse party.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, it always (laughs) fits. That's the beauty. (laughs) And um, it was with my art. And then Paris Hilton was the DJ in that metaverse. um, In that metaverse uh, event, it was like a party. I think. Yeah. And then she loved the dress and shared it um, <laughs> on her story and tagged us, which was crazy. That's amazing. amazing. Because she's also actually, she's an active, she just launched yeah, her company. for
1: a big in, in metaverse. the NFT world. Yeah. yeah,
2: and she launched her Metaverse company now. Um, and she's talking about that. And she's an angel investor in a lot of Web3 com- companies. Mm-hmm. And also what happened was, Um, When Randy Zuckerberg bought five of the NFTs of Eyes of Fashion, uh, so we got accepted to join her accelerator uh, for Web3 companies. So that's a whole other part uh, that I wouldn't have ever been exposed to if I wasn't in, you know, in NFTs and Web3 learning about tech and, you know, just diving in. Um, Of course, there were a lot of hardships on the way, but I think that there's this is like access to people and to um, ideas and events that I would have never had access to this tech world and to all these opportunities and to discovering really what a tech founder or startup founder is if I wasn't in the NFT space, because I think that it's great, like, to have, you know, I did so much already in the fashion scene, in the art scene, mm-hmm. but I think just discovering other avenues, and this is something that happened totally by accident, so it was totally cool, um, and yeah, and and... It also allowed me to have collectors of my digital art all over yeah, the world amazing, and amazing ones like Randy or like VPs at Ledger's or exec- executives at LVMH or wow. people that are amazing. So um, it's, it's really a huge honor for me. Yeah.
0: So cool. <laughs> as that art gets resold, mm-hmm. that continues to generate income. Is that how you've built it out, that, that, that collection?
2: Um, So, yeah, so it does. But um, at first it was resold like crazy. So we sold it at the time. It was something like, I think, $300. It was 0.08 ETH. And then I remember just a few days after someone bought it from one of the people that, uh, and that's actually a great point, royalties to discuss, because there are royalties in commercial um, licensing, but when it comes to original art, I think it's a great way to secure for artists to um, gain if their art is resold. And I think this is one of the most important things ever with NFTs. For so, sure. what happened was just a few days after we sold, uh, two days or three days after we sold um, the art for $300 approximately in ETH at the time, someone bought it for 10 Ethereum, one piece out of right. 8,888. Yeah. Um, which was $30,000 at the time. So think if I wasn't receiving royalties, not me, but the company wasn't receiving royalties at the time. So I would have sold an art piece for $300 right. and someone else would have bought it from them for $30,000 and I wouldn't have seen anything from that. But because we luckily had a royalty in the smart contract that we set in advance. So then the, um, The person that like the person that bought it also paid us a royalty when they purchased it. So, yeah. So I think that's like an amazing thing about
0: NFTs. Well, yeah, because traditionally an artist could do art shows, sell their paintings in the physical world and continue their career for 25 years. And now the work that they sold in their first couple shows is on the market for a hundred times what they sold it for. And over the past 20 years, it's been resold maybe three, four, five times each painting. Mm -hmm. And the artist didn't make no. anything. No. Other nothing. than that, the sale at the first show. And so many, too. And so many, exactly. So it's just, and and you'd never be able to put a royalty in place because if you did, who would abide by it? I mean, right. if someone would buy it under the table, no one would come to you and right. honor system royalty you each time they bought oh, the yeah. analog piece. Like, no one's doing that. I
2: just heard, actually, about a story now from a Canadian artist, I think. I don't remember her name, that she also, the same thing happened to her. She sold her art to someone for twelve thousand dollars um an art dealer and then he sold it off right. to He'll someone for it. a million and a half right dollars wow and i don't think she got any royalties from that yes it's upped the value of her art but eventually i think she should see a 10 of that yeah. i think that um especially with artists, it's their creation eventually. And I think with everything that is, you know, with licensing, it's so obvious in a way. Well, it's not obvious, sadly. It should be obvious that the artist should see a commission. But yeah, but I think that it would be amazing if just because of that, um, more artists would have that opportunity. I think financially, like by the time you just sell a piece, like for a lot of artists, it's, it's great to have that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So you are completely, um, so now you've got the, the 8,888 mm-hmm. NFTs are out there for Eyes of Fashion. Um, and do you, uh, do you ongo- is there ongoing community management around that? Like where, So you, yeah. because a part of that marketing is actually creating a community around the project. Is, yeah. So how do you manage your time as it relates to, fueling that community and keeping it alive. And I know that you're working with other people on it, but still now all of a sudden you have a huge community management piece to your life that you didn't have before in the same way, at the same scale. Of course. So that's done all on Discord? So I
2: think that also that went through evolutions, because when you when when I first um, minted out the project and sold it out, then it was a lot of it on, on Discord and people, I think, in the bull market were talking a lot and right. very active. And then in the bear market, what happened was actually the people that are just interested in the art and in the um, initiative stay. And of course, there's people that don't really have time for it. Right. But then they just want to be a quiet collector, which is fine also, you know. So there's all kinds of different people in the community. And we did have a live event in New York for NFT NYC. It was a beautiful brunch in a penthouse for the collectors. And it was just oh. Oh, that's so nice. So amazing. And such an honor for me to do that. And now in Art Basil, So what we do is, or we gave actually, okay, I'm in my in my own sentences. So uh, what we do right now, it's it's changed because also NFTs are now on Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different places you can open like a chat community and now it's I feel like it's less of just an active chat but there are friendships that were made Mm -hmm. it's a community that has grown and evolved to a different place so I feel that now it's already like people they see me and they're like oh my god Talia and then we become friends you know and um it's just a great thing to to have and regarding the upkeep first it was mainly on discord now I have of course people that help me with the discord and I come and say hi like once in a while or show what I'm working on and Mm -hmm. things like that but it's not only in the discord they are now following in all the other social medias on twitter on instagram and all the things and just follow what's going on and then another thing we do We give access. uh, We have a staking, an off chain staking system that people can gain all kinds of benefits if it's, um, you know, with with staking their NFTs and holding them. They can, for example, so
0: they stake the NFT that they've purchased. Yeah. Which reduces the amount in supply.
2: It's like a loyalty program, right? It's a, lo- it's a
0: loyalty. It's like I, I'll I'll be holding on to this right. for a while, which right. reduces the amount that ultimately can be sold.
2: Right, exactly.
0: Which helps increase the price.
2: To as or keep well, the price. Yeah. yeah. And already, and it's not only with the state, but they could they could redeem different, you know, points for discounts for things okay. or for live events or for Zooms with me or whatever. Right. Cool. So cool. so that's super cool. Or or for my print shop or whatever. Or different collaborations that we did um with real fashion, digital fashion, NFTs, real goods, jewelry that I just did a collaboration with jewelry. All kinds of different things. And also, for being a holder, you get invited to different events. So, um, for example, three holders were invited to the Balman show in Paris. Wow. In, um, yeah, in, I think it was in October or in the end of September. I don't remember. But yeah, but it was crazy. How wow. else would they get that? Wow. Or, just now in New York, we were inviting holders to a cyber tech um, conference or so some amazing holders came or um before to Fashion Week in New York, uh, some holders got invited to a Fashion Week event. So all kinds of cool different events um and meeting me and just, I think, building this community in real life and also um online, which is great because it's It can bring so many people together, and they can actually bond over having an eyes of fashion NFT. Yeah, cool. Um, so so that's a really good I like good way, and also for example in Miami Art Basel, just in like a few days or in two days actually, in the thirtieth, I'm showing my art there. So our holders are invited. So that will be fun. Fun. Yeah.
0: So how many pieces are you showing?
2: I'm showing three pieces and it's a part of... uh, Physical pieces. um, NFT pieces on screen. And actually, I love the fact of just showing my digital art because also for me as an artist, there's so many less costs when you show a uh, a physical art piece. You need to ship it. People don't understand just just the shipping can be like thousands of dollars yeah yeah totally just the shipping and it's so much you know just the fact that you know you're afraid it will break or whatever or get damaged uh and then you need to insure the art piece um so now with nfts i just showed last week in amsterdam and i wasn't even there on a huge screen my art in a in an exhibit or in yes. New York. You can
0: go around and not worry about lugging anything yeah. around with you. Yeah. That's and at amazing. the same time, and it's the not same like- price,
2: the price increases. And it doesn't right. have to be Eyes of Fashion. It can be so now in, um, or in Times Square, right? Right. Yeah. I or- saw your art was in Times Square. Mm-hmm. So that was super exciting. So um, because of that, you can show like really it's endless. There's yeah, it's no amazing. boundaries. And um, in Miami, I'm showing on a big screen in the SLS Hotel in South Beach. So it will be really exciting. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, that'll exciting. be awesome.
0: Thank you so much. So are you looking into the future and thinking of other NFT collections?
2: Hmm. So, yes, I have a few ideas for future NFT collections. I'm not sure what, um, what I'm going to put out because... I am trying to be more strategic with what I put out and how I put it out. And I had a few directions I was thinking to go in, uh, but I haven't decided yet what is that direction. So,
0: yeah. We'll keep us posted. I'm yeah, sure you'll that you'll we'll hear let us and know. see it. <laughs> yeah. And it's been just awesome having you here. Thank Talia. you so
2: much. Yeah, awesome thank you. being here and sharing my story. Thank you so much for having You're me.
0: You're so welcome. Anytime. <laughs> thank You're you. You're in Toronto. Call <laughs> Come us. On one after. <laughs> <laughs> Come on over. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Love it. Thank you for tuning into this episode with Talia. Check out her work and print shop at taliazoreth.com.
1: And check out more episodes of Cast of Creators on YouTube, your favorite podcast platform, or visit castofcreators.com. And make sure you subscribe.